Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر العمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أما بعد My brothers and sisters every muslim is obligated to know the foundations upon which this religion is established. And those foundations are of course the Kitab and the Sunnah, the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that which the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum were upon by way of understanding the Book and the Sunnah. For this reason, Imam the Imam of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah in his time, Imam al Barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala, he stated, he mentioned, wal asasul ladhi tubna alayhi al that the foundation upon which the Jama'ah is built, whom ashabu Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they are the companions of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa rahimahumullahu jami'an. And may Allah shower His mercy upon all of them. وَهُمْ أَهْلُ سُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ They are أَهْلُ سُنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ فَمَنْ لَمْ يَأْخُذْ عَنْهُمْ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ وَابْتَدْعَ And whomsoever does not take from them, meaning the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, then indeed he has gone astray and he has innovated. وَكُلُّ بِذَاتٍ ضَلَالَ For every innovation is misguidance. وَالضَّلَالَةُ وَأَهْلُهَا فِي النَّارِ And misguidance and its people are in the hellfire. Clearly establishing for us, my brothers and sisters, from this great Imam, Imam al-Barbahari rahimahullah ta'ala, Abu Muhammad, the great Imam of his era, died in the year 329 after the Hijrah. From the, from the companions of the students of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, clearly showing and proving that the jama'ah in any era, in any time, can only be established upon that which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were established. They can only be those individuals who take, who take their deen and they take their methodology, their manhaj from the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. And anyone who does not take from them, then he cannot be considered to be Ahlul Sunnah. Anyone who turns away from their methodology, their belief, their aqidah, their tawheed, their understanding, puts anyone's speech over and above their speech, after, meaning after the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, 
and regards his understanding to be better than their understanding, then he cannot be considered to be from Ahlul Sunnah. And that's why Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal likewise, when he began his Usulu Sunnah, the foundations of the Sunnah by the great Imam, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah, who died in the year 241 after the Hijrah, he began this tremendous work by mentioning Usulu Sunnati Indana. التمسك بما كان عليه أصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم والاقتداء بهم that the foundations of the sunnah with us are that are those upon which the companions of Allah's messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم were upon who did he mention? sahaba the foundations of the sunnah meaning the foundations of the aqidah the foundations of our religion is that which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were upon. وَالِقْتِدَاءُ بِهِمْ And to take them as an example and a model to be emulated. وَتَرْكُ الْبِدْعَةُ And from the foundations of the religion is to abandon innovation. What is innovation? Innovation as Imam al-Barbahari, Imam al-Bukhari, the great Imam, the compiler of the Sahih, the most authentic, Compilation or the authentic, most authentic book after the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Imam al-Bukhari. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala said that I traveled in search of hadith for 46 years. This has been mentioned by Imam al-Alakai in his Sharh Usul al-Tiqad Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. I pursued knowledge for 46 years and I met over a thousand scholars in the different lands of Islam. And then he mentions that he traveled to the Hijaz, to Mecca, to Medina, to Yemen, to Egypt, to Iraq, to Khurasan, to Asbahan, to the various places, Azerbaijan, to the various places that he went to, and the names of the scholars that he met. Then he mentioned that not a single one of them differed upon the following nine points. And then he listed those points. And one of the points was that all of them agreed that they make dua for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and they are not to be criticized. Likewise, he said that all of them, that they kept away, that they forbade innovations, that which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was not upon. So here he mentioned the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. That rather he mentioned that dua is to be made for them. And they are not to be criticized. Rather they are to be followed, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah ta'ala in his Rasulul Sunnah, after mentioning the foundations of the religion, the foundations of the aqidah, is that which the Sahaba were upon. Then he mentions to emulate them and to follow them. وَتَرْكُ and to abandon that which they were not upon. To abandon that which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum abandoned. To confine a person, confines himself to that which the Sahaba confined themselves to. And then he mentioned, For every innovation, it is misguidance. And then he mentioned to abandon debating and argumentation. وَتَرْكُ الْمِرَاءِ وَالْجِدَالِ وَالْخُسُمَاتِ فِي الدِّينِ 
To abandon argumentation, disputation, and debating about the religion. A religion that has been revealed by Allah, you're going to open it up for debate and argumentation? To see which person's religion is better? When the religion is one from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We don't argue with our aqidah. We don't argue in the issues of tawheed. We don't argue with that which the sahaba radiallahu anhum you are united upon. No disagreement, no argumentation, no debating in the affairs of aqidah. When some of the people of innovation came to debate with Muhammad ibn Sirin and the likes of um, uh, the great Imam al-Hasan al-Basri rahimahullah, they said, we wish to debate with you. He said, I do not wish to debate with you. If you, I know my religion, if you have lost your religion, go look for it somewhere else. We know our religion, it is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, the great Imam of Darul Hijra, died in the year 179 after the Hijra. He said, whomsoever opens his religion up for argumentation and debating, then he'll be constantly changing religions. The Muslim is firm upon the Quran, firm upon the Sunnah, firm upon the understanding of the Sahaba. If someone comes to rock him in that belief with the ideas of the Shia or the ideas of the Khawarij or the ideas of the Ahlul Bid'ah in their various forms, then he says to them, as for me, I do not debate my religion because this religion is wahi. And what you are bringing is not wahi. As for the aqidah that we are upon, this is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That which the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought is revelation from Allah. Who am I to open this up for debate and argumentation? Whomsoever opens his religion up for that, then he will change his religion often. often. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُوهَىٰ That he, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, never spoke from his desires. But rather it was revelation that was conveyed to him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Why would a person now argue that with somebody else? This is revelation min Allah. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were united upon usul, principles and qawaid, that they did not differ in their aqidah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala mentions in Minhaju sunnah He mentions as for the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, then they did not differ. And nor did they ever fight each other due to any differing that they had in the usul of the deen or in a qaida min qawaid al-Islam aslan. That the Sahaba radiallahu anhum never disputed with each other or argued or, or fought each other due to any differing in the usul, in the, in the asl of the aqidah. They never argued. Why? Because the aqidah was one. They were united upon the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed this book, revealed the sunnah, and the points of aqidah, the usul of the deen, they did not differ. Then Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah, in the same paragraph, same sentence, he said that they did not differ in the names and attributes of Allah. The Sahaba did not differ. As Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal said a century and a half later, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah, a century and a half after the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, what did he say? He said that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, that they took the names and the attributes of Allah ala zahiriha, upon their apparent meaning. And they did not perform ta'wil. They did not explain away the names and attributes of Allah. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned 
that his face will be seen Yawm Al-Qiyamah by the believers, then they believe that indeed the face of Allah will be seen Yawm Al-Qiyamah by the believers. This is the aqeedah. So the Sahaba did not differ, Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, Rahimahullah, and he died in 728 after the Hijrah in Minhaj al-Sunnah. Minhaj al-Sunnah is a book of Shaykh islam eight volumes in refutation of the Shia. The whole volume, six, eight volumes in refutation of the Rafidah Shia and the ideas of the Shia and the corruption of the Shia. Those who claim that Ali radiallahu anhu should have been the first Khalifa and the first ruler of the Muslims. Two groups. After the Messenger of Allah sallallahu in the time of the Sahaba, there were four schisms within Islam or within the Muslims. Four schisms. Alhamdulillah, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were not a part of any of those schisms of deviation. Not one of them. Not a single Sahaba was with them. Four schisms. Two of them were based in politics. In the, in the arena of, of politics. The other two were in doctrine. And those who were involved in politics ended up deviating in doctrine. As for those who deviated in politics, then they were the Khawarij and the Shia. Why? Because their issue was leadership, leadership, leadership. Just like you find those people today panting and chanting about leadership and Khilafah and Khilafah and Khilafah. Likewise, in the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they had a group of people like this known as the Khawarij. Whoever was in charge was not good enough. Ali radiallahu anhu not good enough. Uthman radiallahu anhu not good enough. Muawiyah radiallahu anhu not good enough. Yazid rahimahullah not good enough. In the time of Ahmed, the rulers were upon kufr. They said that the Quran is created. Meaning that the speech of Allah is created. Meaning that the attributes of Allah are created. Eventually leading to the call that Allah himself is created. Imam Ahmed said, whomsoever speaks with this speech, that the Qur'an is created is a kafir outside of the middle of Islam. Then when he came to the ruler who believed that belief, Imam Ahmed addressed him as a Muslim. He said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. And when they asked him, he gave them the excuse of ignorance. And he gave the people an excuse that they do not know. But as for the one who, upon whom the Iqamatul Hujjah is established, then this is the one that he is referring to. Imam Ahmed did not rebel. But the Khawarij in the time of Ahmed, they were present. And that's why Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal said, By Allah, the most evil of creation are the Khawarij. Those who declare Muslims to be kuffar due to major sins. Those who rebel against the Muslim ruler. Firstly, by declaring him to be a kafir. So that's the first trap of the Khawarij that they fall into. First, first thing that they say, even till this time, now they want to convince you that rebellion is permissible. They want to convince you that you are all living in Darul Kufr. The whole of the earth to them is Darul Kufr. So the first thing that they have to convince you with is that we must rebel against them. But then you say, but these rulers, they're praying. They perform Hajj. They say, no, they are Kufar. Same as the Khawarij of old. First step, declare the rulers to be Kufar. Second step, make their blood halal. Third, now you can rebel against them. Khawarij. The Khawarij of old are the same as the Khawarij of today, except that the ones of today are more cowardly and more untruthful. And they lie more in this time. The Khawarij of old were at least were truthful. So the point that Imam, Imam Sheikh Islam Ibn Taymiyyah mentions is that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum did not differ. They did not differ with regard to the names and attributes of Allah. 
The Sahaba, they did not differ with regard to the pre-decree of Allah, the Qadr. The belief in the Qadr and the Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, he said that they did not differ in the affairs of Asma wal Ahkam. They did not differ with regard to declaring Muslims to be kuffar or Muslims. Meaning that they were not those types of people who would declare Muslims to be kuffar based upon sins. Likewise, he mentioned that they did not differ in the affair of imama. They did not differ in the affair of rulership in the asal of the affair. Because the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum were united by ijma that the origin is that you do not rebel against the Muslim ruler. The hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, which Imam al-Bukhari himself collected. The same Imam al-Bukhari, after traveling for 46 years, find me a man like Bukhari today. 46 years, died in the year 256. Sat with the likes of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal, and Ishaq ibn Rahawai, and Ali al-Madini, and Yahya ibn Ma'in. Thousand scholars that he studied under, and he himself is given the title Amir al-Mu'mineen fil hadith. This is Imam al-Bukhari, Muhammad bin Ismail al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala. Imam al-Bukhari said, thousand scholars, 46 years. And he mentioned that all of them agreed about the impermissibility of rebelling and raising the sword against the Muslim rulers. Forbade it, all of them. Forbade the raising of the sword against the tyrannical Muslim rulers. Why? Because this is a matter of usul. This is why Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah min Hajj sunnah refuted the Khawarij and refuted the Shia. More so the Shia because the whole book is a refutation against the Shia. He said the Sahaba, they did not differ with regard to the Imamah, that they held it impermissible to rebel against the Muslim rulers. Whether they are righteous or whether they are tyrannical. Open up any book of Aqidah from the early Salaf that these Juhal they don't read. They don't study them, they don't read them, they don't understand them. And all they do is they want to rile up the people against the methodology of the Sahaba in the name of what? We want to establish Islam. How are you going to establish Islam and you don't follow the way of the Sahaba? How is that possible? You want to establish Islam with no Sahaba? You don't have the hadith that you read today except by way of the Sahaba. The Quran that you read today is by way of the preservation of the words of Allah by the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. These Sahaba radiallahu anhum, my brothers and sisters, upon whom Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal said that the foundations of the Sunnah are based upon the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. These are the Sahaba. This is why Imam al-Barbahari, in the third century, he said what he said, That the foundation upon which the Jama'ah is built, whom ashabu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that they are the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they are Ahlu Sunnah. Who the Sahaba radiallahu anhum? So it is the Sahaba, my brothers and sisters, that we have been commanded to follow. It is their way, their path, their sabil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in numerous places in his book. For example, Allah jalla wa ala stated, the first and foremost to, to, to embrace Islam from the muhajireen and from the ansar and those who follow them in goodness. Allah is pleased with them. They are pleased with Him. Whom? Three groups of people. Three groups of people are mentioned in this ayah, no fourth. For the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa the only way 
that they are going to be saved and salvation that they will achieve it and enter into Jannah is by becoming a part of one of these three groups of people. Which three? والسابقون الأولون من المهاجرين والأنصار والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان The first and foremost to believe Now we mention the first group The muhajirun and the ansar First group muhajirun Second group ansar والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان And then those who follow them in goodness Or precision إحسان here meaning اتقان Meaning, with precision, closely following them. Just like when Jibreel said to the Messenger of Allah, أخبرني عن الإسلام, عن الإحسان, inform me, Muhammad, وسلم, inform me regarding Ihsan. He said, أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك. Allah subhanahu Allah's Messenger, وسلم, when he was asked by Jibreel, what is Ihsan? The same Ihsan that is mentioned in this ayah. Those who follow them with Ihsan, meaning precisely. This Ihsan is also mentioned in the hadith. That you worship Allah, Ihsan, is that you worship Allah as though you see Him, though you see Him not. But indeed He sees you. Meaning perfection. The more perfect to one's religion, the more complete one's religion, the closer he is to the level of Ihsan. So Ihsan here is that those who follow the Sahaba radiallahu anhum as closely as they can, possibly without avoiding and without leaving their methodology, without leaving their creed, without leaving their aqidah. This is the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. So now the Muslim has to be in one of these three groups. Muhajirun passed away. Radiallahu anhum Sahaba. Ansar passed away, radiallahu anhum, all of them were sahaba. That only leaves one more group that you can be a part of to receive salvation, the pleasure of Allah, radiallahu anhum, that Allah is pleased with them, and they are pleased with Him, and Allah has promised them and pledged them the gardens of paradise, under which rivers flow, to remain therein for an eternity. Allah finishes the ayah with, and that is the supreme success. So the only people after the sahaba, that received that accolade, that received that promise from Allah, are people who follow the Muhajirun and the Ansar, the followers of the Sahaba. Muhajirun passed away. We're not talking about these Muhajirun innovators of today who deceive the people by saying, Oh, we are Al Muhajirun. No, Al Muhajirun are dead. The Muhajirun, Walillahilhamd, are in the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for these khawarij today, Mu'tazila khawarij, today you call themselves al-muhajirun, then, then they are al-mujrimun. They are not al-muhajirun, they are al-mujrimun. They are criminals who call the people to the hellfire, even if they don't realize that. As the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said to Hudayf ibn al-Yaman, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said to him, Regarding the people, because Hudayfa asked the Messenger of Allah in the beginning of the, of the narration, Hudayfa said, Yas'alun an nas, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, anil khair, wa as'aluhu anil sharr. The people used to ask the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam about good. As for me, 
I used to inquire with him about the evil. Out of fear that it would reach me. So I asked him, Ya Rasulullah, Kunna fi jahiliyyatin wa sharrin Faja'ana Allahu bihada al-khayr That Ya Rasulullah, we used to live in a time of wickedness and evil and jahiliyyah, pre-Islamic ignorance. Then Allah brought to us this good. Is there any evil after this good? The messenger said, yes. And then the conversation continued, going to and fro, where Hudayfa asks more and more questions. Up until the messenger of Allah sallallahu mentioned, when the Hudayfa said to him, is there going to be any evil after that good? Then he said, naam, yes, there will be evil after that good. Du'atun ala abwabi jahannam, that there will be callers upon the gates of the hellfire. Whomsoever answers their call, they will cast him into it. So Hudayfa, he said, Ya Rasulullah, sifhum lana. O Messenger of Allah, describe them for us. Who are they? Who are these individuals that will stand upon the gates of the hellfire, calling the people, calling the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu to the hellfire? Sifhum lana, Ya Rasulullah. The Prophet sallallahu said, Hum min jildatina. They are from our people, from our skin. Human beings. Hum min jildatina. Meaning from us, from the Muslims. بِأَلْسِنَتِنَا And that they will speak with our language, our tongue. So Hudayfa said, Ya Rasulullah, what do you advise me with Ya Rasulullah? The Prophet said, the Prophet said that I command you to stick to the jama'ah and their imam. Stick to the jama'ah and their ruler. So then he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if they have no imam? They have no jama'ah, no united body. And they have no ruler over them. Then he said, فَأَتَّزِلْ Then abandon and keep away from, from هَذِهِ الْفِرَقْ قُلَّهَا Then keep away from all of these firaq, all of these sects and groups and parties. All of them, keep away from them. Hadith is where? Bukhari and Muslim. Let them deny it. Bukhari and Muslim, you deny Bukhari and Muslim. Then you are a mubtadi, dal, mudil, astray, leading others astray. Bukhari and Muslim. He said, leave all of those sects. Everyone. Even if you have to bite onto the roots of the tree, and death reaches you whilst you are in that state. Death is more beloved to us than joining those factions and those groups. Those factions and groups that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade us from following. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Do not be of those who divided and they split and they differed after the guidance has been, had been conveyed to them. For them indeed there is a severe punishment. So Allah forbade us from dividing and splitting. So those schisms and those factions and those sects that call us to other than the way of the Sahaba. And they give themselves these trendy, fashionable labels that they think that they can deceive the people. And yes, they may deceive the rabble, but they will not deceive the one who has perception and understanding and he knows that the Sahaba are to be followed. So they give themselves titles. Oh, we are Al-Muhajirun. Oh, we are Hizb tahrir Oh, we are Ikhwan al-Muslimin. Oh, we are Jamaat al-Tabliq. These newly fangled titles that the Sahaba never heard of. And the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, never knew them. Up until this century. Hizb tahrir from the 1950s. Jamaat al-Tabliq from the 1920s. Ikhwan al-Muslimin from the 1920s. 
the founders, Taqiyuddin Nabahani of Hizb al-Tahrir, Mu'tazili, philosopher, Sufi. This is him, raised upon the ideas of Karl Marx. Then he, beca- then he became enlightened. What did he become enlightened to? To the ideas of the Mu'tazila. Claim that if you believe in the punishment of the grave, Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, Muttafaqun alayh. Agreed by Bukhari and Muslim. He said, if you were to believe that there is a punishment in the grave, with Iman, if you have Iman in that, then you are sinful. Hizb tahrir They want to talk to you about Khilafah. What Khilafah are you going to establish? Muhajirun, no different. Khawarij. Ikhwan al-Muslimin, their founder. Hassan al-Banna. Sufi. Mufawid. Denied the understanding of the ayat, the, the, the names and attributes of Allah. Used to have his gatherings by the gravesides. Muhammad Ilyas al-Kandahlawi. The founder of Jumat al-Tabligh in the 1920s had a dream set up a group called Jumat al-Tabligh. When he died, they buried him in their mosque in India. The grave is inside of the mosque. And the scholars have agreed by ijma from the early salaf, from the sahaba onwards. It is impermissible to pray inside of a masjid in which there is a grave. They bring a grave into the masjid, bury him in the masjid, and they say that we are muhaidun, we are people of tawheed. What tawheed? Their books are filled with shirk and kufr, opposing the sunnah of Allah's messenger, opposing tawheed. In one of their narrations that I read, in Fadailul A'mal, the book of Jumatul Tabligh, that the messenger of Allah sallallahu descended from a cloud several hundred years after his death. Descended from a cloud to a young boy because his mother was ill near the Kaaba. Then when he came off, he stepped off the cloud. Then he touched the face of this woman and rubbed her belly. Wallahi, the messenger of Allah sallallahu when he was alive, never touched a foreign woman. Never touched a foreign woman. And in their books, they invent this filthy lie against the messenger of Allah and then claim that he came down to cure this woman. Who is the one who cures? Allah is the one who cures. Not the prophets and the saints from their graves. So these organizations that have set up and they say, we follow the Sahaba, we follow the Sahaba. This is lip service. This is not the reality. The reality is that those who follow the Sahaba, the Muhajirun and the Ansar, and those who follow them precisely, they are the ones who are Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. Regardless of which land they live in, regardless of what color they are, regardless of what tribe they come from, it doesn't matter. You follow the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, this is their way. This is their way, barakallahu feekum. Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala in his aqeedah, he mentioned the same aqeedah that we spoke about earlier, collected by Imam al-Lalakai, that he mentioned that the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, it is not permissible to criticize them, rather to make dua for them. We were commanded to make dua for the Sahaba. And then he mentions the statement of Allah, وَالَّذِينَ جَاءُوا مِن بَعْدِهِمْ يَقُولُونَ that those who come after them, meaning after the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, those who came after the Sahaba that they say, Oh our Lord, forgive us and forgive our brothers who preceded us in Iman, referring to the Sahaba. وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قَلُوبِنَا آمَنُوا And oh Allah, do not put into our hearts any rancor or hatred and jealousy for those who have believed, for those who have believed before us, meaning the Sahaba. 
And indeed our Lord, you are the most kind and the most merciful. This is the Sahaba with us. When we read the books of Aqeedah, of the Salaf of this Ummah, of the earlier generations, we find that their books are filled with this type of speech. Sahaba, Sahaba, Sahaba. You want to know how to deal with the ruler? Look at the, how the Sahaba dealt with the rulers. You want to know how to deal with each other? Look at the Sahaba dealt with each other. You want to understand the names and attributes of Allah? Look how the Sahaba understood the names and attributes of Allah. When the Sahaba radiallahu anhum witnessed each other in front of the Prophet sallallahu when the Prophet sallallahu would ask them, Ain Allah, where is Allah? What would they say? What did that female slave say? She said, Fissama. In a narration, she pointed towards the sky that he is above the heavens. The Prophet sallallahu said, Man ana, who am I? She said, Anta Rasulullah. You are the messenger of Allah. He said, free her. For indeed she is a believer. Her freedom was based upon the fact that Allah is above the seven heavens and the fact that he is the messenger of Allah and he called her a believer. This is the aqidah of Ahl Sunnah. And that's why the likes of Sufyan al-Thawri, Abu Zura al-Razi, Abu Hatim al-Razi, that they used to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above the seven heavens. Above the seven heavens. Ba'in min khalqihi. Distinct and separate from his creation. Aqeedah. Sahaba radiallahu anhum. What were they upon with regard to their belief, with regard to the punishment of the grave? How were the Sahaba radiallahu anhum? And how are these modern day groups? The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, if they differed in any affair, they would refer back to the kitab and the sunnah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, and if you differ in any affair between yourselves, then refer it back to Allah and His Messenger if you truly believe in Allah on the last day. This is the aqeedah of Ahl Sunnah. This is why Ahl Sunnah over the generations, their belief does not change. Their aqeedah does not change. Their call does not change. They call to Tawheed morning, noon, and night. Even though the innovators may hate that. Even though the Sufis may hate Even though the Shia may hate The Khawarij may The Khawarij say, look what's happening around the world. These people are still talking about Tawheed. Look what's happening in this place and that place. And these people are still talking about Tawheed. Yes, we will talk about Tawheed. Because this is the message of the prophets and the messengers. And it is because the, the rights of Tawheed. The rights of Tawheed are neglected. And the deen of Al-Islam is not adhered to. That the humiliation comes down upon the Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the prophets and messengers to every nation. 124,000 prophets and over 300 messengers to every nation. We did not send a messenger except to every single nation, calling them to the worship of Allah and to abandon the false deities. The false objects of worship. This was the sending of the 124,000. And then you're going to say we're bored of Tawheed. When Allah sent those prophets and messengers with that message. When the messenger of Allah sent Mu'ad bin Jabal to Yemen. Hadith in Bukhari. He said, oh Mu'ad, I'm sending you to a people from the people of the book. So let the first thing that you call them to. Is that they make the Tawheed for Allah. That they single out Allah alone for worship. And if they understand that and they know that, 
فأخبرهم أن الله أفترض عليهم خمس صلوات في يومهم وليلتهم and if they accept that from you then inform them that Allah has obligated upon them the five daily prayers in their day and the night if they accept the tawheed he didn't go straight to salah like when Jamaat al-Tabliq come knocking on your door they say brother let's go and pray no tawheed and if you get anything else they say we'll teach you iman which iman? the iman of Muhammad Ilyas al-Kandahlawi the iman that does not increase and decrease the iman that does not have actions that are part of that iman because Jumat al-Tabliq follow at best they follow the, mur- the, the, the murjiat al-fuqaha Those, that sect of the murjia that sect of the murjia that believe that actions are not a part of iman and they believe that iman does not decrease and increase this is the aqidah of Jumat al-Tabliq and Diyobandiyya so what are they going to call you to we are calling you to the kitab sunnah sahaba we don't ask for any membership. We don't need your name and your photograph and a subscription. Nor do we want your bay'ah. We don't need your pledge of allegiance. We don't ask for any of that. Whether I see you again or whether I never see you again till yawm al-qiyamah. The onus is upon you to follow the kitab and the sunnah. The sahaba radiyallahu anhum are the saved sect. Hum najiyah. They are the saved sect as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that this ummah will divide into 73 sects. All of them, all of them into the hellfire, except for one. They said, Ya Rasulullah, man which is this one sect? He said, That which I and my companions are upon today. 73 sects. All of them into the hellfire. Which is the one saved one? The same one that is mentioned in the ayah. The same one. Why? Because Allah has mentioned the ayah. The first and foremost to believe from the muhajirin and from the ansar. And those who follow them precisely. That's the same group that is mentioned in this hadith. Where the Prophet said, My ummah will divide into 73. All of them will enter the hellfire. Except for one. When the sahaba they said, Which is that one, O Messenger of Allah? Which is that one sect? Firqa. So when they say, is Ahlul Sunnah a sect? Yes, it is a sect. But it is a sect that is saved. Why? Because they follow the way of the Sahaba. They are the Salafiyun. They are the people of Hadith. They are Ashabul Hadith. When Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal was asked the question, they asked him, who are the Firqatun Najiyah? Who is the saved sect mentioned in the Hadith? He said, if, if, he said, وَإِن لَمْ يَكُنْ أَهْلُ الْحَدِيثِ If they are not Ahlul Hadith, فَلَا أَدْرِي مَنْهُمْ Then I do not know who they are. Meaning that they are the people of Hadith who follow the Hadith of Allah's Messenger Wasallam. This is why we follow the Salaf. We don't cut your ties to the early generations. The Salaf are the Sahaba. Then the generation that followed them, then the generation that followed them. They are known as the Salaf. So we call you not to cut off ties from them but to abandon any group that opposes them. And to abandon those sects that call you to the abandonment of the way of the Sahaba, or even that sect that doesn't connect you to them. Where are the books of Aqidah that are taught by these people? Where are the books of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal taught by these people? Where are the books of Al-Khalal? How many books of Aqidah of the Salaf do you find these people teaching? Never. 
السنة والخلال from the students of Ahmed ibn Hanbal السنة والتبري أصول السنة بأحمد بن حنبل شرح السنة بإمام البربهاري where are these books taught أصول السنة واعتقاد أهل السنة والجماعة of إمام اللالكاي عقيدة الصلف وعقيدة الصلف أصحاب الحديث look عقيدة الصلف look at the terms used in those books أصحاب الحديث by إمام الصابوني died in the 4th century or the 5th century 449 or thereabouts so you now when you look at those works and you find that the person who's the person teaching you why why won't those groups teach those books why won't they even read those books because those books contain within them opposition to the group and the sect that they are calling to every single one of those books from the first of them to the last of them warns against rebellion against the muslim ruler even if he is a tyrannical ruler just as the Prophet ﷺ said to Hudayfa, in the wording of the same hadith that I mentioned before, the Messenger of Allah ﷺ said to Hudayfa, when Hudayfa said to him, describe them to us, meaning, describe that time of evil. So he said, the Prophet ﷺ, سيكون وستكون عائمة, that they will be rulers over you. And they will not لا يستنون سنتي or بسنتي. They will not follow my sunnah. You will have rulers over you, and they will not follow my sunnah. Hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. This is the type of hadith that makes the khawarij cringe. They don't want to hear these hadith, which shows that there is a problem with taslim. There is a problem with submission, submitting to the truth. The Prophet sallallahu said to Hudayfa ibn al Yaman. He said that you will have rulers over you and they will not follow my sunnah and they will not follow my guidance. And then he said, That they will be amongst them men or people or rijal. And there will be some amongst them, or there will be men amongst them, who will have the hearts of devils in the bodies of men. This is the Messenger of Allah describing an evil time that will come. You will have rulers, plural, a'imma, plural. They will not follow his sunnah, secondly. They will not follow my guidance, thirdly. They will have hearts of devils in the bodies of men, fourthly. Hudayfa said, Ya Rasulullah, what should I do? If I reach that period of time, what should I do? The Prophet ﷺ said, Isma' wa atilil amir. Listen, hear, and obey the amir or the amir. Wa in even if he beats you in your back. Wa in wa in even if he takes your wealth away from you. Even if he steals your wealth. And then he repeated again, Hear him and obey him. Now, what are we going to do? Don't want to submit? That's hadith of Allah's Messenger. How many traits now in total? Six traits. Look at these rulers. They will be plural. Not one ruler. 
Secondly, don't follow the sunnah. Thirdly, don't follow guidance. Fourthly, hearts of devils. Fifthly, they will beat you in your back. Sixthly, that they will take your wealth. Yet the Prophet ﷺ said, hear him and obey him. And the Prophet ﷺ, if you want to add a seventh point, he said, called him the Amir. Even with all of these characteristics, the Prophet ﷺ still called him the Amir. Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentioned that the scholars and the a'imma of the Salaf are united by ijma that it is impermissible to rebel against the ruler, even if he carries this type of tyranny. Even if he is tyrannical. Sahaba, now we say to the people, now let's see your submission. You find them wriggling and cringing to get out of this. Oh no, but these rulers, they are not Muslims. Takfir, khawarij, khalas, you're out of that door. Oh, these rulers, they are worse than devils. How worse can you get than a devil? They don't follow the sunnah, okay, they don't follow the sunnah. The Prophet said they won't follow the sunnah. Oh, but they steal the oil. MashaAllah, was it my granddad's oil that you wanted? You want the oil? They steal the oil, even if it was your oil, it doesn't belong to you. How is it your oil? You're living in London, and you want the oil from the Arab countries, why? You want a check, a dividend every month? What do you mean you want oil? Even if they take your wealth, even if it was. The Prophet ﷺ said, even if they beat you in your back and they steal your wealth, hear him and obey him. Even if it was your wealth, the Prophet ﷺ still commanded with hearing and obeying. Ijma. All of these books, go to Usulu Sunnah, you'll find it. Do not rebel against the ruler. Go to Aqidatul Tahawiyyah, don't rebel against the Ummah. Don't rebel against the ruler. Pray behind the ruler, even if he be sinful, even if he be oppressive, even if he be tyrannical. Go to As-Sunnah of Al-Khalal. Go to As-Sunnah of Ibn Abi Asim. Go to Sharh Usul Al-Tiqad Ahli Sunnah of Al-Jama'ah Al-Lalakai. Go to Sharh Usul Al-Barwahari. Go! Go to Imam Al-Bukhari. Go to Sunnah Abi Dawood. Kitab Al-Sunnah in Sunnah Abi Dawood. Go! You see it. Go to Kitab Al-Fitn, Kitab Al-Amara in, in Sahih Muslim. Same thing over and over again. Same thing. This is why following the straight path is not a piece of cake as they say. It's not easy. It takes courage. It means standing up for the truth, even if that is bitter. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجْرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا تَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَدَيْتَ وَيُسَلِّمُ تَسْلِيمًا By your Lord that they will never truly believe up until they make you, O Muhammad, the judge in all of the disputes between them. And then once you have judged in their affair, you will not find in their hearts any form of haraj, any difficulty, any form of resistance or difficulty in that which you have judged. And they will submit. They will submit with a complete submission. This is Salafiyyah. This is what distinguishes our da'wah from all of the other da'wat, from all of the other calls. This is the call of the Sahaba. The truth is not measured by numbers. The truth is not measured by how much aggression you have towards the Muslim ruler. The truth is not measured by how many people you can get to march in the streets. The truth is not measured on how many doors you can knock through a day. The truth is not measured how many 40 days you have done. The truth is measured by the, the truth. And the haqq is measured by adherence to the kitab and the sunnah. And they are the jama'ah. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu. This great noble companion. 
He said, Al-Jama'a ma wafaq al-haq walaw kunta wahdak. That the Jama'a is, in, is whatever is in accordance to the truth, even if you are one person. One person can be the Jama'a. So long as he is upon the truth. Following the way of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Learning the books of Aqeedah of the Salaf. Following the path of Istiqamah. To Sirat al-Mustaqeem. As Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said, خَطَّ لَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وسلم That the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam drew for us a line in the sand. And then he said, ثُمَّ قَالَ هَذَا سَبِيلُ اللَّهِ Then he said, and this is the straight path of Allah. After drawing one line, he said, this is the straight path of Allah. هَذَا سَبِيلُ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ خَطَّ خَطُوتٌ عَنْ يَمِينِهِ وَعَنْ شِمَالِهِ Then he drew lines to the right and drew lines to the left. ثُمَّ قَالَ And then he said, هَذِهِ سُبُلُ الْمُتَفَرِّقَ أَلَا كُلِّ سَبِيلٍ أَلَا كُلِّ سَبِيلٍ شَيْطَانٍ يَدْعُوا إِلَيْهِ That all of these parts are diverting parts. At the head of each one of those parts is the devil calling to it. Then he recited, وَأَنَّ هَذَا سِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمٌ فَاتَّبِعُوهُ وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا سُبَلْ فَاتَّفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ Then he recited the statement of Allah, this is my straight path. So follow it, one, سَبِيل, هَذِي, as he mentioned, هَذَا سِرَاطِي مُسْتَقِيمًا This is my straight path. How many? Singular. How many lines did he draw in the sand that was upon the path of Allah? One line, one way. One aqidah, one tawheed, one methodology, one way that will get you to Jannah. And then Allah said, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا سُبَلْ And do not follow the divergent paths. فَاتَّفَرَّقَ بِكُمْ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ For it will divert you away from Allah's straight path. Sahaba, Salafiyyah. This is the path. You want it? It's free. Doesn't cost anything. No membership. No, no, no need to join any group or society or party. Who are you with? You're with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. They are the jama'ah because they were Ahlul Haq. Because when the Prophet sallallahu was asked the question, وَمَا هِيَ تِلْكَ الْفِرْقَةِ Which is this one sect? He said that which I and my companions are upon. In a narration when he, was, when he mentioned the 73 sect, all of them into the hellfire, إِلَّا wahida, He said, وَهِيَ الْجَمَاعَةِ And it is the jama'ah. Meaning that the jama'ah are the Sahaba. Radiallahu anhum. They are the jama'ah. <clears throat> and no Muslim, no Muslim who understands or wants to understand the kitab and the sunnah should be in any doubt with regard to that affair. Barakallahu feekum. Then upon that note, inshallah, even though much can be said and much can be recited from the words of the salaf of this ummah and from the a'imma to salaf with regard to the affair of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and those who oppose them, whether it be the Khawarij, whether it be the Shia, whether it be the Qadariya, or whether it be other than them. In finality, there is a beautiful statement. There is a beautiful statement from one of the Salaf of this Ummah. Naam. The Abu Nu'aym Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned in Al-Hilyatul Awliya Rahimahullah He said Anna rajulan sa'ala Imam Ishaq bin Rahawai He said that a man came and he asked He asked Imam Ishaq bin Rahawai Imam Ishaq bin Rahawai His name was Ishaq bin Ibrahim al-Rahawai Was from the companions 
of Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. He died three years before Imam Ahmad in the year 238 after the Hijrah. He said, Ishaq bin Rahawai, he was asked the question, Man is Sawadul A'adham? Who is the main body? In the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, when he said, in one of the versions of the hadith of the 73 sects, he said that the saved sect, they are the main body. Sawadul A'adham. So he said, who are the Sawadul A'adham? He said, he said, Muhammad bin Aslam At-Tusi. He said that the main body is the individual Muhammad bin Aslam At-Tusi. He was a great imam of that time. Wa ashabuhu wa man tabi'ahu. And whoever are his companions and whoever follows his way. Why? Because he was a Salafi imam. An imam of scholar of hadith and sunnah. An imam of that era. Muhammad bin Aslam At-Tusi rahimahullah. Then, thumma qal, then he said, meaning this is, na'am. Then he said, rahimahullah ta'ala, sa'ala rajulun, Muhammad bin Aslam At-Tusi. Then he said, sa'ala rajul, Abdullah ibn Mubarak. A man said to Abdullah ibn Mubarak, Ya Aba Abdul Rahman, mani sawadul a'adham? So then Abdullah ibn Mubarak was asked the question, who is the main body? Meaning the same question. And Abdullah ibn Mubarak died in the year 181 after the Hijrah. Even before, in the same era as Imam Malik, rahimahullah. Abdullah ibn Mubarak. So they asked him, who is the main body? He said, Abu Hamza al-Sukkari. Thumma qal Ishaq. Then Ishaq ibn Rahawai, he said. And then he said, Wa fi zaman. Ya'ni Abu Hamza. And he, Abdullah Ishaq bin Rahawai said, and that was in the time of Abdullah ibn Mubarak, that the Imam and the Suwadul Adam and the Jama'ah and the main body in his time was who? Was Abu Hamza al-Sukri al-Khurasani. And why did, why did Ishaq bin Rahawai say this? He said, because in our time, it's Muhammad bin Aslam al-Tusi. Then he said, وَفِي زَمَانِنَا Muhammad bin Aslam. In our time, it is Muhammad bin Aslam. وَمَنْ تَبِعَهُ And whomsoever follows him. ثُمَّ قَالَ إِسْحَاقِ Then Ishaq, he said, لَوْ سَأَلْتَ الْجُحَّالِ مَنِ السَّوَادُ الْعَعْذَمِ And if you to ask the ignorant people, if you to ask the ignorant people, who are the main body? Who is this jama'ah? He said that they will say, لَقَالُوا جَمَاعَةُ النَّاسِ It is the body of the people, meaning the majority of the people. They are the jama'ah or they are the main body. لَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَنَّ الْجَمَاعَةَ they do not know that the jama'ah is the scholar who holds firmly and tightly to the sunnah of Allah or to the athar, meaning to the narrations of the Prophet and likewise to the path of the Messenger of Allah and whomsoever is with him, with the alim, with that scholar, then he is the jama'ah. He is the jama'ah. Whoever is with him and follows him, he is the jama'ah. وَمَنْ خَالَفَهُ فِيهِ تَرَكٌ تَرَكَ الْجَمَاعَةِ And whomsoever opposes that imam, meaning that great scholar who is known for sunnah, known for salafiyah, from the books that I've mentioned, the authors of those works, and whomsoever opposes them, then he has abandoned the jama'ah. ثُمَّ قَالَ إِسْحَاقِ لَمْ أَسْمَ عَالِمًا مُنْذُ خَمْسِينَ سَنَةً أَعْلَمْ بِنْ مُحَمَدْ بِنْ أَسْلَمْ And he said, as for me, then I have not heard from an alim for nearly, for, for close on to 50 years who is more knowledgeable than Muhammad bin Aslam al-Tusi. 
Showing my brothers and sisters how the jama'ah is known. The jama'ah is not known by numbers. It is known by people who hold on to the truth in every generation. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from them. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakumullahu khair.